Craig Shocknessy, how are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm very good. Just recorded a podcast out with the two Nairies and Excellent. How was that? It was good. I think listening to them on YouTube compared to listening to them in their room is completely different. Like you're looking into Timmy's eyes and you can just see it in his eyes like and I I was there and I was like, Oh my god. But you know what? Two lovely, lovely men, like Brilliant. so sound. So down to earth as well. But yeah, so on today's podcast, we're going to reflect on our 100 kilometer attempt. Attempt. <laughs> attempt being the key word <laughs> in that sentence. So we attempted to run 100k on the 10th of December from Cork to Trilly. And I'll just give a bit of a background. So that weekend was possibly the coldest weekend of the year. It was Baltic, minus five maybe? Yeah, I think when we were... Got through kind of Ballyvornia and stuff. It was kind of minus five, minus six at that stage. Yeah. Great fun. So I got 80K. Craig got 52K. So this is a podcast that I've wanted to record for a while because a lot of people have asked me about it. And I obviously gave them an answer. But I think doing a podcast with Craig, the person I did it with, really puts it into perspective, if you get me. Like I can only explain so much. Whereas with Craig, I think we can explain the full story. So we set off at about maybe six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. From the straight road. The straight road was, that was the worst part, I think. Do you think? Yeah, man. It was just, it felt like we were running on that road for two hours. I feel like that was actually the worst part of the whole thing. Really? Terrible place to start. I <laughs> uh, True. I think the, uh, yeah, it, w- it wasn't a great place to start, to be fair, but I'd rather start there than finish there. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Like. 100%. But do you know what? Do you think that we underestimated the 100k? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, to be fair, I did my due diligence. Like I ran a good bit before. Mm-hmm. Whereas you kind of like, not in a bad way, but you kind of just took it easy. Because yeah. like, to be fair, you did have the... The world championships. The championships and yeah. the... Sorry, you're the four by four by seven. So you kind of had that under your belt. So I think you were going into it. You were like, yeah, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of going into it being like, if there's one person out of the two of us that's doing it, it's you. Mm-hmm. Like that's just me really honest. And anyone I spoke to was like, yeah, Craig's going to do it. Yeah. And I don't know, like we were going so well up until I want to say end of McCroom. So we were probably about 45. 40 maybe. Yeah, maybe about 40, yeah. 45. Yeah. And then you pulled up with your hamstring. Yeah. So was it just your hamstring went or what was the story? It just got really tight. So I felt it first just as we were coming into Lizarda, just before the first stop. No pain at all. Just unbelievable tightness with it. When I look back at it, obviously the weather didn't help, but I think it was a case of the pace we were at, as you know, was like slow, obviously, as it had to be. Yeah, we were going to what, maybe 7.15 Yeah, it was slow, but that like we couldn't go much faster because the distance was too long. And then I feel like the pace we were running was too slow to warm up fully. So I don't think I got those muscles as warm as I would like to. It just got tight. No pain. Even when we were coming into McCroom, very little pain. Just unbelievable tightness again, like felt literally like just like a steel rod. Um, I even noticed that my gait changed when I was running, like I was nearly running straight legged with my left side. And yeah, just tightness up until when we came through Ballyvorney and that was kind of the first, now we had little bits, but that was kind of the first time where we had a little bit of a gradient, a little bit of an uphill. So you'll remember when we passed like the middle of that pub, there was a tiny bit, remember there was a yellow place. 
Yellow pub. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, at the end of McCroom, there was like a yellow pub. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. yes. Where we stopped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we stopped just after because that was the first little bit of a hill. And I think when I started pushing on that little bit of a hill, I was like, oh, fuck. And curse, obviously, can't I? I'm going to curse anyway. I was like, oh, fuck. And we stopped just at the top of that hill there. And then it was only like a kilometer further up. You had just gone ahead. And it was just like like a pop not again not much pain but it, it just felt like uh like unstable like my leg kind of just went underneath me nearly kind of fell to a knee a little bit Ivan was just behind me the guy that was on the bike for people listening the little bit of support we had on the bike he was behind me and then I just got this unbelievable like burning sensation up into kind of the top of my glute and I just knew like like you know my mindset I'll do anything but there's mindset pushing through things and then there's being sensible as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a it's a fine line. Because yeah. like, you know, we always like talk about or like we listen to like David Goggins and mm-hmm. like that man will go through anything. But like, again, I do think it's a very fine line between being sensible and just hurting yourself. Like Completely, especially when you look at things like, well, from my point of view, only personally, things like my work, my job, demonstrating things and working with clients every day, having to do certain movements with my kickboxing, obviously, and the things I want to achieve this year with my kickboxing, whether that be competing or teaching or demonstrating again, even like you've just got to be sensible with those things. Like, so everything kind of, it kind of trickles down onto everyday life as well. So it's just, I know David Goggins is great or whatever, keep pushing through, but you got to remember, we got to live our lives every day as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like you don't want to push through for hundred K and then not be able to walk for six months. Like, absolutely. You know, it's, it's a fine line, as I said, but I think it was probably about 46, 47, I'll, I'll actually never forget it. There was like bushes on both sides. You pulled up and I just had my earphones in and I was just going. And I like, yeah. I didn't obviously notice that you pulled up until maybe like 500 meters. I literally turned around and you just weren't there and yeah. you were at the end of the road. I stopped, I walked back or like I walked maybe halfway back and then met you in the middle. Yeah. And I think at that point, like obviously I didn't want to say it at that point. I was like, oh, this yeah. isn't good. Do you know, like if it happened in like 90K, it'd yeah, be like grand. Yeah. But I was like, like we still have more than half left. Yeah. Like this is, this isn't good. And then I think it was when we were going up that like incline for like five, six K mm-hmm. uh, just past the county bounds yeah, or just yeah, going yeah. towards the county bounds. Then you pulled up and then you were like, Fod, you go ahead. That's where I knew that was it. Like, yeah, like I was saying that on that, pushing it on that kind of hill was just too much for it, you know? Yeah. Like th- at that point I was like, oh no, I have to do this myself. And then like in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to do as much as I can till obviously I can't run. And then I'm like, okay, <coughs> then I'm like, me. absolutely no bother at all, Craig. Um, but, <laughs> but I think at that point it was like, father, it's like, I could have given up then. I could have been like, yeah, look, Craig, I could do an extra 10K to say I did more than Craig. But then I was kind of like, oh no, I want to try to do as much as I can because I owed it to myself and I owed it to us as a duo yeah, man, to do our best because yeah. I think that's what you should do when you do anything in life. You should do your best no matter what it is. Obviously, until it comes to a point where you could sustain an injury, then obviously stop. But yeah, I think it was at about maybe 50, it was about 51 when you pulled up. But did you just like, what was going through your mind? As in terms of? Like just, were you just disappointed in yourself? Were you just like, okay, I did my best. Do you think there was more in the tank? Oh, there was definitely more in the tank. If the hamstring was okay, yeah. Like even monitoring my heart rate and stuff, 
That was perfect the whole way along. I don't know what yours was, but like mine was about one four around one forty, yeah, which is very low. Like talking pace. Now I know it got to a stage where we kind of didn't want to talk, which was <laughs> ideal. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of you. Like um, a lot of me. So headphones in. I was grateful for that. But no, all jokes aside, with the headphones in, that helped. We got to about. Like you said, around 40, 40, whatever you said. And I knew I was kind of in, in trouble. I'll give it a little bit more. I saw what it was. But yeah, there was no disappointment. Definitely not disappointment myself. Yeah, I would have liked to go further, obviously. But again, it's just the first thing that came to my mind was just be sensible. You know what I mean? But yeah, that was the main thing. Yeah, maybe a little bit of disappointment that I didn't get more in. Yeah, but I definitely wasn't annoyed at myself or anything. You know what I mean? Like I did what I could. It was a great year all in all. Great experience running with you, especially considering the conditions we ran in. Yeah, I think the conditions, if the conditions were like, obviously, I know people listening are going to be like, oh, yeah, you can just if buts and maybe's. But like running in minus five, it's something I've never done. And I don't think it's something you've ever done. But I think running even that amount, even 52 or whatever, 80, whatever, like running that in those conditions. I don't think people understand how cold it was. Yeah. Like I'd get out. I got out of the car when we first got to uh, where the starting point. I was waiting for you and your dad to come up and uh, I was just sitting in Paul's car and I remember I stepped outside the car as soon as I saw your car pull up and immediately my legs just started like seizing up like. Yeah. And then I remember saying to you, I was like, Craig, we need to go now before our legs start seizing up and we actually just can't run like. Yeah, yeah. And like I remember the night before we were going to go down to... Uh, Fountain State, remember, mm-hmm. to hop into the water or into the sea. And I remember I said to you, I was like, Craig, I don't know, boy, because my sister was on to me. My dad, uh, my brother was on to me being like, Fod, like, you shouldn't do this. And yeah, we had a bit of an ordeal. We had a bit, a bit of a chat the night before. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we had a, like, I, like, I don't, if it wasn't for you, I don't think I would have done it. I think if, I, if it was me by myself, I would have just been like, yeah, we'll do it another day. Yeah, yeah. But so I'm, that's why I'm kind of thankful that that we did it together instead mm-hmm. of just doing it solo. I think that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Yeah, it was a bit touch and go that night, all right? It was very touch if, and go, wasn't it? If it was going to be done or not, yeah, yeah. You said you were... I was set on it. You like, were yeah, yeah. set on it, like... Yeah, yeah. Whereas I was kind of like, eh, I don't know, will I bother, will I not? Yeah. Obviously, I mentioned at the start of the podcast how everyone thought you were going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, anyone I spoke to, they were like, yeah, Craig will do it. But they were a bit iffy on me doing it. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that? Do you think it was... You didn't do it because of the lack of training that you had so much on, or do you think it's a mix of it, or what do you think it was? In terms of why I didn't get more done, yeah, I think it was a mixture of everything. I think training for the World Championships, which is a completely different type of training. When I was training for the World Championships, obviously it was a lot more skill-based stuff, so I wasn't on the road as much, and then the road takes its toll on you. When you're 31 as well, you wouldn't understand that yet. Yeah, no, that um, to fair age definitely does. So I... Uh, I tried to keep off the road as much as possible when I was training for the world championships as well, just again for injury prevention. And then I feel after we did that podcast and we had a chat about it and decided to do it. Yeah, I'm kind of, I was kind of trying to make up for time, you know what I mean? And chase it. Probably not the most sensible idea, but I also love adversity and love a challenge. So I would be willing to do or try anything anyway. Like again, even like this, if I didn't finish it, I'm still more than willing to participate and try it you know what I mean so I think it was that was a factor that I was training for that I had done an obscene amount of running last year anyway and with the four by four by seven the world championships as we said and then the conditions man 
or you think that's what it was? Yeah, They're I think the three kind of yeah the con- determining the factors, man, the conditions. I know, obviously, I spoke about it before, but yeah, the conditions were just not ideal at all. Yeah. Like, so the big question: When are we doing hundred k? I think April, man. So uh, April I, seems like a good month. Yeah, I think the conditions will be better at that time. You know, what I mean, not too hot, not too cold, and then I have the kickboxing world championships in Orlando in October next, or sorry, this year. Um, so I think that gives me enough time to just commit to running again for a while. Yeah, it gives and us, then, what, three months maybe? Yeah, and then it gives me time to get my head complete, well, recover, and then completely get my head back into kickboxing, Craig. I think April's a good good month as well, and hopefully the weather holds up. Thank God it didn't rain, though. Yeah. Thank God. The logistics. Mm-hmm. So I was speaking to Leon Lynch about this. Yeah, I heard it, yeah. Good podcast. Thank you, sir. So we were chatting about, like, the whole logistics of it, and I think the fact we only had one cyclist. Yeah. Like... And obviously if one one of us was injured, the cyclist was staying yeah, with the injured yeah, person, yeah. like it's common sense. But the thing is, I don't think we expect, I think we both expected to do it. Mm-hmm. Can can we agree on that? Yeah, you've got to have that mindset though. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But I think I think we got a bit ahead of ourselves, mm-hmm. Joe. We were like, oh yeah, we just need a cyclist, like we'll be grand. Yeah. Then, See, the thing is, that was probably, now I know we had my dad, we had a couple of other people, we had Tara, which we're grateful for, my God. And then we had Ivan on his own for probably the most important stretch of the run. Yeah. Which was probably another thing that wasn't ideally known. Like that was that block. If you were to break it up into, let's say quarters, that let's say third quarter was probably the most important. But yeah, that that was, that whole thing was mad. So I'll, we'll just go on a little bit of a story for people listening. So when I pulled up, Obviously, Ivan, the cyclist, had to go ahead. I had to tell him to go ahead with Fad. So he just waited with me for a couple of minutes, made sure I was okay, gave me back my phone and things like that. Um, I then had to hobble back to Ballyvorney. So I told him to go ahead to Fad. Then I had to make a few phone calls, obviously, and try and figure out how I was going to be saved. So I rang Tara, actually my buddy, who was back in Cork, and she said, yeah, no bother, she'll come and get me straight away. So I had to hobble back. The first place I could go to keep warm, obviously, because it was so cold was that pub. So I pulled into that pub. I had like 10% battery because it was so cold. My battery drained my phone while I was running. Pulled into that pub. She then got stuck behind a car crash in Lazarda. Someone had to be airlifted from it. Hope they're okay. So it was like, I don't know how long before she got down to me. I also then, in fairness, I rang Damien as well. And in fairness to him, like straight away I rang him, told him hamstring injured. And he was like, cool, where are you? I'm on the way. Like, so... Just want to say thank you to him. Grateful for him. Thank you, Damien. Um, and I know you're listening. <laughs> so, yeah, in fairness to him now, like, I rang. I was, He was like, what's up? I was like, no, nah, I pulled up. He was like, you're joking. Seriously. I was like, no, no, I did. And he was like, yeah, yeah, where are you? I'm on the way. I was like, Tara's on the way, so it's all cool. So anyway, get a bit off track. So when you pulled up and Ivan went on, he was like, where's he gone? I said, look, you can't go wrong. He's obviously not from here for people listening as well. He's from Croatia, so he had no clue. So I was like, just keep going straight. Just keep going straight. So when I got back and I charged my phone in Tara's car for a while, I was like, I haven't heard from any of the lads. I was like, come on, we'll go find him. And Ivan uh, rang me then. And I was like, oh, where are you? He was like, I'm in Killarney. I was like, Jesus, he's running fast. I was like, where's Fad? He was like, I don't know. So then it happens that it was like something out of a movie. A camper van. <laughs> Literally. Like- yeah. <laughs> a camper van passed Fad. And it was one of the lad's girlfriend's dads. Pulled in in his camper van. Fad got hopped in, had a glass of water and I suppose a quick chat, tell him how it's going or whatever way he wanted to do it. Ivan cycled past the camper van, parked on the road. 
cycled all the way to Clarny and then had to cycle all the way back to meet Fad. I presume if you listen to the podcast, you heard it with Leon when he was talking about the ordeal in the garage. <laughs> so we all happened to get to the garage at the same time. And obviously, you know, it's cold. We're all tired. We're cranky. We're sore. There was a bit of a tiff between Fad and yeah, Ivan. Yeah, so I'll carry on from this point. So the lads are making it out to be such a big deal that like me and Ivan went one-on-one outside the <laughs> petrol station outside K- Killarney. But what actually happened was so I was in the camper van. Like I never expected that camper van to be there. Like I remember I was running and I was going well. Like I was like, yeah, this is it. This is it. And then there was a camper van and there was some man outside the camper van and he was clapping for me. I was like, who is this man? Anyway, I was so confused. And then closer I got, I was like, wait a second. Is that Kat's dad? dad yeah. And I was like, no way. And then I got closer and like, I was obviously in the zone, like I pulled out my earphones. He was like, oh yeah. And it was like you were in a desert or something and you see like a well of water. Yeah, it was yeah. like, I had no phone. Apple Watch was about to die. Earphones were about to die. I was like, this is like my savior. I went in there for like maybe 10 minutes. And I think, Joe, you know, we talk about regrets a lot. And I think one of my big regrets, they offered me a protein bar and I was like, nah, I, I, I should have eaten it. I should have eaten it. And that's, I'm looking back and I'm like, that protein bar might have got me through, but. Oh I, man, when we, when we were running, like you saw the food we were eating, like never say no to food when you're running around like that. Like in my head, it was all about like carbs, jellies, mm-hmm. squares bar. But then when they offered me a protein bar, I was like, oh no, like there's no carbs in that, which was obviously very foolish of me. And then on our last podcast, we were chatting about the hole and how, what, do you know, like when you're like, oh, should I quit? Should I not? Yeah, yeah. As I said, it was probably about, I want to say 60 my Apple Watch died at 63k. So it was about 63k when Apple Watch died. I had no music. And oh man, I'll actually never forget that. I was literally looking at my watch trying to turn it on. And it was just obviously dead. And I had no music. And I was like, it was one of those moments where during the fight or flight, yeah. like, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. Like, I haven't touched any like food in 20k. I haven't drank water in about. 10k since I saw Kat's dad or 9k whatever since I saw Kat's dad and I was kind of there and I was like what is going Mm -hmm. on and especially when you've ran 63k your mind isn't there like you're just it's so fuzzy you just don't know what's going on and I was like Fad like what what can I do now like because I thought even I was still with you Mm -hmm. there was such a lack of communication like I didn't have my phone and I was literally just praying like I was like please, I hope someone drives past me now that I know yeah. and that can literally bring me to a petrol station. I can get food and find yeah. out how to do something here. Like, And then I'll never forget, I remember I was running and like the only human I spoke to was from Kat's dad to the garage, which I think was, I want to say about... Eight, maybe. Eight, maybe, yeah. yeah. And then I was running and I didn't see a petrol station or anything. And then I like turned a corner and I saw a petrol station and boy the happiness in my head. I was like, it was like one of those, again, it was like the desert and you find a well. I was like, oh my God. Just like a mirage. yeah, Literally a mirage. You're like, oh my God, there's water. Like, And then I remember I was running towards it and then I was like, oh shit, I don't have a charger. I don't have a phone. How how am I going to do this? And then, oh man, that was tough. And then when I went into the girl, like I'd say she was maybe about 20 and I was there like, hold on. It literally looked like I was going to rob the place. And I was there and I was like, man, what is happening here? Like the logistics were terrible. Horrific. Yeah. But that's good. Like every day is a school day. You know what I mean? Like we learn from that now and we go again. You know what I mean? Um, 
just have all the ducks in a row the next time. Like you said, you were in that hole, but in fairness, you pulled yourself out. Like when we met you then, again, myself and Tara, luckily I could just, I gave you my watch, my headphones. You were, you were trucking away there for a while in fairness yeah. until we got pretty much, pretty much into Killarney. And then I could see the kind of shift in the gate and a little bit of a limp. And I was like, mm, something's not wrong here. No, you could see I was out the window to you the whole time motivating you like, but... Yeah, I could see, and I was like, just come on. Again, if, but to maybe, uh, to be honest, like, and not in a cocky way, like, I was doing well. Yeah. From the petrol station to Killarney. I was going well. I was going about 6.30 a kilometre, mm-hmm. which again, if I went slower, maybe things might have ended different. You just never know. But like, I was feeling good at 6.30. But then as soon as we landed in Killarney, the ice on the roads. Yeah, it was bad, yeah. It was, and I think it was more of a mental thing as well, because I'd reached a, a destination. I'd reached Killarney because we were staying in Killarney. It was a landmark. Like, yeah. It was a landmark. I was like, oh, Killarney. It's a comfort. Exactly. It's a comfort. I mean? Whereas when I was running through the Kerry Mountains, there was nothing there. I yeah, had to yeah, run. Yeah. Whereas when I was in Killarney, I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. But then <laughs> I think once I hit the ice and I realized how icy it was, I had to bring the pace down, as I said, to maybe about eight or nine minutes. But it's just being sensible again, man, going back to that. You know what I mean? It's You've got to be sensible with these things as well. Yeah, and I think if it's icy again, I think I'm just going to run back up that road from Killarney. Do you know the one that yeah, I ran yeah, down? Yeah, yeah, it'd be yeah, way yeah. better just to run up it because like, there was no ice yeah. on those roads. No, no, and no. as I said, like I was going well on that road, but it was a slight um, downhill. Then my hip went. We were parked in, in front of some, someone's house. In their driveway. <laughs> no, we were. We were in their driveway. Like. Literally in their driveway. And I was like, yeah. Craig, my hip. And he was like, <laughs> up onto the car bonnet. And Craig said, it's stretching my hip. And I knew when I got back up, I was like, if this isn't okay, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, yeah. And I remember I got up and I was like, no. I was at like maybe 76 or something. And I was like, look, just get to 80 and then reassess. And I remember I was just running around Killarney and I was like, no. And then the back of my right knee just, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to it, like my hamstring. And I was like, no. And then Ivan, Ivan was like, Fad, keep going. And I was like, Ivan, like, obviously I appreciate the support. Don't get me wrong. But like... Again, just being sensible. Yeah. Like if I ran maybe another three or four K, that hip might have popped out of place. And then I might not even be standing at the moment. Like I could still be on a hundred percent. And while we're on the topic of us getting injured and stuff, we might as well give a quick shout out to my dad and say thanks. And we appreciate him. He drove all the way back down to Clarny again on that Saturday night. Just to have a look at us. Give us a bit of a rub out and help us with recovery. To be fair, Craig's dad, Colin, like he followed us for the first 25K. Because then remember we... Yeah, around that, yeah, yeah, about yeah, 25k. Yeah. And then drove all the way to Clarny to stretch us out. And, oh, man. That night, like, separate. Um, yeah, like, yeah, separate. And, man, I'll never forget that. Remember when I came in and I was literally, like, hobbling and all the lads were in there being like, oh, look, fair play yeah. and all that. But, like, in my head, I was like, look, father, you did 80k, but it's not 100k. Don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. Don't be like, oh, yeah, I did 80k, mm-hmm. but it's not... Because, like, people have said it to me and I presume it's the same to you being like, oh, fair play and all that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like... 80k it's not 100 no, and no. it gives me another excuse to go out there and be like okay time to do yeah man, like completely like i'll never take support for granted and i'll always appreciate it yeah it wasn't what we set out to do the job's not done the the job's not done so will we set a date now yeah have you your phone no time like the present no time like the present Let so me. yeah while you're getting up to date again i'll just say thanks to everyone that did support us the support team that were there the phone calls, the text, my dad again for coming down and looking after us. All the lads that came down and supported us. 
and then I'll just say thank you as well to everyone that donated because I think that's the most important thing of all actually is just to thank every single person that donated we really really do appreciate it yeah 100% I was going to say that at the end but perfect time as there's no time like the present yeah I also want to say thank you very much to Ivan, Tara, Colin everyone who was there to support us because without ye we wouldn't even have got close to the numbers we put up I agree and thank you to everyone who donated as well because obviously the donations are going to go to a great cause Mary Mount Hospice I think that's one of the reasons as well why I want to do 100k again because yep. I don't want to let the people down who donated mm-hmm. do you know like yeah, they they put their hard earned money absolutely in our GoFundMe and obviously we didn't do it now but we will do it at a later date yeah. We want to do it for ourselves, but we also want to do it for the people who donated. I was going to say that, yeah, exactly. Like we owe it to ourselves, but we also owe it to everyone that that supported us. Like, yeah, exactly. hundred percent. I'm looking at my calendar here. There's five weekends in April, April 1st, 8th, 15th, 22nd and the 29th. What do you want to say? 15th? Yeah. Mm, yeah. 8th? 22nd, I was going to say. 22nd? Yeah. yeah. So April 22nd. Craig O'Shaughnessy and I will be attempting the 100k again and we will be running from Cork to Trilly. Exact same route. The exact same route because we both have a point to prove. Unfinished business with that road. Precisely. So we're going to wrap up the podcast there. Firstly, we're going to get the logistics sorted and we're going to make sure that everything is in place, like the support team, just the whole logistics in general. Secondly, we hope you can all support us along the way. Any last words, Craig? Uh, no, just thanks for having me on again. Just extremely grateful to everyone that supported us, sent messages, sent texts, and most importantly, donated to such an incredible cause. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast as much as we did recording it, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace.